Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Steps. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off End of Days and Chosen. All right, it's a big week. Mm -hmm. Before we get into everything, I want to remind everyone, make sure you tune in two weeks from today for our series wrap-up. Same buff time, same buff channel. (laughs) So we're getting a lot of questions from people about what's going to happen after season seven. What are we going to do next? And I want to make sure that if you guys are not following us on social media, especially Facebook, make sure you do that so you can keep up to date with any announcements, especially maybe next week. You're going to want to make sure that you're following us on Facebook. Uh, in addition to that, again, we have that our series wrap up. We're also going to have some uh, bonus episodes coming up. Bonus. So stay subscribed. We've got a stacker question this week from Cody. Cody's a fairly new listener, but she rocked all the way through. She got through the whole podcast pretty quick. And I really like she said it just kind of felt like she was hanging out with her friends talking about Buffy. I just like that. But this is a very serious podcast, just so you know. Super serious. Super serious, guys. (laughs) We know everything. We never make any mistakes. Never. Gramped. (laughs) Her question is, you can get rid of one episode and make another episode a two-parter. The rules are it must be contained in the same season. If you get rid of an episode in season four, you have to add an episode in season four. And you can't choose to not have an episode to avoid a death, such as seeing Red or the body, because that changes the whole show. Um, I, I wouldn't have done that anyway, because it would have felt cheap. Um, but this totally one... would have done that. Save Joyce. Save oh. Tara. Save Maul. Uh, see, I, I feel like those are too important to like the fabric of the show. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have gotten over that. There's maybe a death this week I might have uh, changed. Uh, after a lot of de- deliberation, I basically just decided what do I want to see more of, and what could the series live without. And for me, that was in uh, season two. Take out some assembly required. Yeah, because it's it's like one of the worst episodes. It's not even like that fun of a bad episode. No. <laughs> Like, I kind of want to keep iRobot you, Jade, because it's so bad. And you have to keep Go Fish because, I mean, so I, many I jokes. Mean, yeah. <laughs> just just to torture you, Go Fish needs to stay. Um, and then I would expand The Wish. Because I know it's kind of like Doppelgangerland was a sequel, but I would have loved to see, like, a two-part a- a- episode of The Wish. Especially if, like, the first part ends with Cordelia getting killed. Ooh. Then you're like, what's going to happen next? All rules are off. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I picked season three and I said I wanted to get rid of Beauty and the Beasts because I can do without it. Less Scott Hope is always good news. Uh, and I remember you and I being kind of borderline offended at how yeah. this show dealt with uh, physical abuse in a relationship for, you know, a show where yeah. should have been a little better at handling mm-hmm. that and not victim blaming. So let's just get rid of that. And I want a two part Anne episode. Oh, I just really want to see more of Buffy's life in L.A. that summer. Okay. We have to see her life up until she goes into hell dimension. And like have the two parter ends when she goes into like the hell dimension basement Mm -hmm. thing. And then I just want to see more of that creepy hell dimension. Yeah, I didn't even I definitely like given thought to removing Beauty and the Beast, but I couldn't figure out what I wanted to expand to a two parter. 
Because there's already in that season a lot of good two-parters. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's that's really cool. Thanks, Cody. Great question. Everyone, welcome Chris to the stacks this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome. I didn't have much of an intro. No, I've just been pulling an angel. I've been leaning back with my arms crossed watching you work. <laughs> well, you have back. a lot of shadows in here, guys. <laughs> just emerge. <laughs> Uh, thank you for having me back. And I have to say, congratulations on getting through all of Buffy. And I am shocked at how fast this all went by. Holy cow, guys. I, just thinking yeah. back on it, even just like, I mean, it feels like a few months ago I sat down to do School Hard yeah. with you guys. I just, I can't believe we're already You guys, at it's the a end. Die Hard reference. <laughs> it's, that was the I learned big takeaway. I penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually like keep kind of looking at episode list like did we skip over a chunk did we screw up somewhere hard we forget a season (laughs) i can't believe it it's insane thanks for coming back on yeah totally yeah we're doing end of days and chosen guys ending of buffy you were you guys were both watching when it was live on tv Mm -hmm. i was definitely watching buffy and angel by this point Thinking about it, I'm not sure if I ever watched it live. Oh. Which is weird. Yeah, because you didn't have like TiVo back then. No, but I definitely can't remember being like, I'm going to watch the finale now, which oh. feels like I would remember that because I remember watching the finale of Growing Pains very. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the house was all empty at the end. Oh, right <laughs> was, in the fields. Yeah, it was one of those. I definitely remember it, it coming about, and I remember my first time watching it for sure, but it might not have been live. Chris, you watched this live? Yeah, I actually have really vivid memories of this point in my life because I took a year off um, from college. So I was living in my first apartment. I was working full time. And I remember racing home to make sure I was there to see the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love you a lot. Blew through a bunch of red lights. Very (laughs) reckless. Tons of pileups. No, but I and I was also really into Angel at this. And Mm. this would have this was season four of Angel that was running at the same time. Mm. Not the most popular season of that show. I and I understand the complaints. I totally do. I was still really into it at the time. And I was really into Buffy, even though season seven has never been one of my favorite seasons. It was still this was the culmination of the whole thing. It felt like a great big deal. As we go along, I have thoughts on season seven in general that play into a lot of what happens in these final two episodes. Um, But the build up to this was very exciting and kind of emotional for me in a weird way, because like I did not have other friends that were into these shows. I had no one to talk Mm. to about any of this stuff. So it was just like, I think this was when Angel, Buffy aired on Tuesday nights and Angel aired on Wednesdays, I think, but different networks at this point. And so what I remember specifically about the Buffy series finale was the unbelievably no, actually, I was going to say, like, I, incomprehensible, but I understand exactly why it happened. Because they were on two different networks, Werner Brothers oh. announced a yeah. week before this, the final episode aired that James Marsters was joining the cast of Angel. Oh, you ruined it. Yeah. And so I remember, it's, yeah, there's yeah. the big final sacrifice from Spike and just kind of watching it like, yeah, yeah but no. <laughs> like, yeah. I should feel something, but God I don't. It. That's another thing that I, I kind of realized rewatching this. That was like, I definitely remember seeing Spike come out of the amulet before I had seen Spike die from the amulet. So something oh. in my watching pattern, I guess I never watched any of Buffy really live. Mm. So, but I definitely watched the last season of Angel live. 
And I think I was ca- catching up with Buffy at the time. So it was really weird to see that after I'd already seen like him come back, which I guess everyone kind of had that experience. It was, yeah. yeah. But, and I also, I remember getting on IMDb the next day to see, you know, in the message boards, what everybody else thought of the finale. Um, and I'll be hundred percent honest. I did not love the last episode initially. Um, I, I didn't have, I liked it more than I liked the angel series finale. Um, and I've since come to appreciate aspects of both of those, like a lot, there's a lot of really good stuff in here, but my initial feeling of it was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what I, I, I don't know what to make of all this. And I remember that a lot of the reviews, at least the ones I was reading, I don't, I'm not saying this was the consensus in general, but the consensus amongst the reviews, I remember reading that next day was sort of like the nicest thing anyone could say was it could have been worse. <laughs> it was just, yeah. So it was kind of like a lot of build up and sort of, it, it was a little underwhelming at the time. I, I don't necessarily feel as strongly about that now as I did back then, but yeah, I have to say, I kind of really miss having that week in between appointment television like that like consuming stuff that way because with both of these seasons season seven of buffy and season four of angel it just made them feel so much more epic and like you know to have a whole week to really absorb everything you had just seen and was it it's the first time in forever there has been something i was that excited to watch that was still being released weekly that wasn't dumped on netflix or amazon all at once where it was just you still you had that week to think about everything and as was the case with i did this with almost every episode of the new twin peaks and i remember doing this with a lot of episodes especially of angel at this time of just like when the episode ended the way i would feel about it by the time the next episode rolled around would be completely different. Like I would have had a whole week to process it, think about it. And I would kind of come full, you know, do a 180 on a lot of this stuff. And we don't really have that anymore. Yeah. I, um, I did watch this live this, you know, I got really into Buffy season, uh, excuse me, freshman year of college, because this is when I met this group of friends that we were all obsessed and all we did was sit around watching my friend Allie's DVDs because she's the one that had them and we always just making plans like are you available at this time because we need to catch up on season five so finally freshman year I got caught up to what was on television so I was watching everything live and I remember being struck by like one holy cow it's ending and two the series finale I was going to be home I couldn't watch it with my friends. And it was like, mm-hmm. but I need the emotional support of my Buffy friends. I do remember this big sense of dread. And I think it's really because you can't trust Joss Whedon. Yeah, totally. When you're going into <laughs> and it was like, it was yeah. just, it was like, it's Joss. He might kill everybody. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. They might all sacrifice themselves to save the day. It very, yeah. I mean, like Buffy yeah. could have died. Mm-hmm. Any other, you know, she's not, done it twice. Other, <laughs> fair. That's yeah. No, you guys are absolutely right. That any was a big part of it. Television show, like the, you kind of think, oh, well, my main character's safe. Not with Joss. Mm-hmm. No. No. So I remember that big dread of being like, is it going to be happy or not? Because I don't know. When Chosen came on, uh, we were, I was at home and my family, by the way, hates Buffy. 
they really are very annoyed to this day. If you say the word Buffy to my mom, she just rolls her eyes. Um, they're just annoyed by my love of it. So I had to watch this down in the basement. <laughs> um, and if you've listened to the Haiti Remembers Blair Witch Project episode, that basement terrifies me. That's how de- dedicated I was to watching this episode. <laughs> and Chris has been in my parents' basement. It's creepy as fuck. She's not wrong. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like not carpeted and it's freezing cold down there. But it went down there anyways. And when it was over, I was sobbing so hard. I had to call my friend Allie and she and I were sobbing on the phone together. And eventually my mom yelled at me because I was on a landline. She's like, get off the phone. Hours, hours. I was still sobbing mostly because this meant the show was over. Uh, But yeah, this was, this was a big night for me. (laughs) Was this the first series finale that really had a big impact on you? Yes, absolutely. Was like, it? I remember my parents, wa- like, us watching the Cheers finale and, like, us recognizing culturally this is a big deal, but I was not emotionally invested. I mean, I've never no. been emotionally invested in a show the way I am with Buffy. Sure. You know what's funny? The first time I remember, I, be- I was very, very young when even when the Cosby show went off the air. And that was like, the, I, that's the first time I remember being like, oh yeah, these things have to end at some point. It's like they don't, oh, weird. Okay. That's, that's the first series finale I remember watching live and being like, huh. First time you contemplated mortality. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on end of days. Buffy found the scythe. So this is still as without Skithy. Skithy. I finally found out how to um, spell it because I had subtitles on. <laughs> as with most seasons of Buffy, the last like three or four episodes all just run right into each other. Yeah. That is jarring as someone who has not been going along like with oh, you guys. Sure. So, so when this one starts, especially on like there's no previously on Buffy, yeah. it just starts and it's just like immediately had to be like whoa wait 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 got it okay faith explosion well, all right and you guys watch this on dvd right yeah they actually cut off of yeah. like 10 seconds of footage on the dvd oh where where's the it's like it's it's like a little bit of the setup of uh where faith's at what's happened oh, with, okay. with faith in them um and there's actually a continuity error in there but that's a separate thing but it just feels yeah super weird to realize that like for whatever reason, when they slapped together the season seven DVD, uh, I'm guessing I'm not that surprised that they just like were taking out the previously on, but also included like 10 seconds of this episode because it was like one of those previously lines that kind of blends that, in. And oh, it goes yeah. straight into the new footage. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty jarring. Hey, speaking of that scythe, do you know the backstory of that thing? It's from Frey, right? Right, which I, th- that must have been my memory is that I was buying that comic around this time yeah i know in the in the, in the comic uh, in the commentary joss whedon talks about how like how yeah i was writing it in the comic and i just brought it over to the show oh like, so that like makes perfect sense yeah. you should read have you read frey no you own that i i'm sure i have in one of my long boxes somewhere please yeah no i i actually cody and i were just talking about this on facebook that she's like you should definitely read that i'm like i always intend to and no. then always forget to pick it up uh, so speaking of picking it up 
the scythe. <laughs> oh, hey, hey that, she picks it up. I like that. Like I expect her to have some effort to pick, just like a little bit of like, just kind of jiggling it at least to get it up and just ping. Nope, right up. I like Caleb's little darn. Trying to hide his fear mm-hmm. in this episode is just fabulous. I mm-hmm. absolutely like seeing him squirm. He says like, "Oh no, you don't know what you got," and she's she's like, "Yeah, but you're backing away." Mm-hmm. She's so smart. Uh, so the first tells Caleb to let her go because faith go boom. So we're in the wreckage of the arsenal where some potentials are dead. We've got all these tour cons. And this is scary when you think about like how hard it was for Buffy to kill that first one. It was around for like four episodes. It's okay. You know, the the uh, company, they, they totally nerfed the Uber vamps after that. It yeah. was yeah. nice to see Joss acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not quite as threatening in the next episode. <laughs> no. I mean, I keep picturing Buffy after that first fight with the Turrican where her mm-hmm. face is all swollen and she's like shaking. Even a Slayer can't stake these. And then we're like, yeah, no, everyone just can. have to stake them a little harder. <laughs> well, isn't it? I mean, because this is the scene where doesn't this end with the whole thing about like, at least there's only one. Yeah. And then it's the reveal of the second one where you're supposed to go like, oh, they're fucked with just yeah. two. I would have been fine if they even were just like, Oh, but if we, like, dip our steaks in this, like, anointed oil, this can take out the Turrican. Sure. It's the fact that it's like, yeah, we showed you that staking them didn't work, but now it does. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, especially, like, okay, so the scythe, big deal about the scythe. I could t- take that killing him. You know, it's magical. It's super slayer weapon. But uh, it's an axe. It's a stake. I don't understand when they say kills vampires three ways because it's an axe and a stake. I think you can spear with it. Okay, So like a knife or a sword. Or a spear. Or a spear. <laughs> or a spear. <laughs> How is that different from a stake? Because one is like a thing that's affixed because the axe can kind of act like a spear. But then the other side is a stake. It's similar, but it's not the same. Okay. I'm just saying, if you grab, like, a chopping axe and give it to a potential... Wait, what? <laughs> I, I honestly don't even know what the argument is, though, at this My point. argument is, like, how is this... Other than, like, it being well-designed, how does this make killing vampires easier? Well, it's double-sided, for That's one. It, and you do see a lot of, like, this guy, this guy. Like, yeah. Boom. boom. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Also, chopping axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you use an axe for. Plus okay. two acts of chopping. Um, <laughs> One of those stabbing knives? One <laughs> <laughs> of those cutting scissors? <laughs> These are all scientific terms, yes. <laughs> uh, so the scythe. Scythe matters. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that one. I, I do like it. <laughs> I'm ignoring that. <laughs> Uh, Buffy and Xander have this super cryptic talk that we don't really know what they're talking about, but he's just, he just said things are being put out to pasture. This is a great scene. It's so touching. Yeah. I mean, it's, and this is, there are a lot of moments in these final two episodes where in general, I love Joss Whedon's writing, but I understand how it's too quippy for some people. Mm-hmm. I understand. There are moments in here where I was just like, we don't have to undercut everything Mm. with a stupid joke but this scene really kind of walks that line perfectly with it's it's xander being xander but it's also very emotional and it's it i really like this part a lot i was thinking the same thing but kind of the opposite way where the this whole season we get these like really drawn out speeches that say Mm. 
basically nothing and impart no new information and that like emotionally we do not connect with. Like we've spent more time complaining about the speeches than I have emotionally connecting mm-hmm. with what the people are saying. And this is a great example of someone speaking from this heart- heartfelt place and saying something really meaningful, mm-hmm. but also not having it run too long and also having it yeah. f- still feel like Buffy because you've got like a funny little thing at the end. It's Xander's voice, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly how he would express it. And it also, in terms of building that dread, here it is again, because the whole thing about, like, I just thought I would be there with you at the end. And mm-hmm. just like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. And just the fact that we're all, we're going to keep talking around the fact that this is probably the end. Mm-hmm. It's great. I just feel like the, if you die, I'll bring you back to life. That's what I do. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Uh, You're like, oh yeah, this, he's already done that twice. Uh, I, I love some continuity porn like that. <laughs> uh. So Will is researching the scythe. I'm still not willing to use magics. I would say at this point, I'm like, oh, I thought we were past this. Yeah, well, it just seemed like that the, the season didn't have enough time to really like show her arc of recovering but still using magic that much. Like they are like, okay, we have the Warren episode that's covered. Uh, let's get on to the next thing. It was like, they haven't really talked about this significantly in several episodes. She used it just fine when she had to bring Buffy back from Watcherland. Yeah. So they talk about how, you know, in hieroglyphics, the M plus glottal stop equals scythe. And that's where they're getting the name. And that's the clue they follow. Did anyone else really try to do the M plus glottal stop sound? No, but I love the description of it. <laughs> um, I'm not going to try. I'm just saying, I think that's physically impossible. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> that's how it starts. <laughs> it really was a spell to bring forth the side. Thank you, Hanson. <laughs> so Don and Xander are looking for a crossbow in the car. First off, I like that she says, my crossbow. She has her own crossbow. I just like that. Also, call back to Miss Kitty Fantastico. She killed that fucking cat. <laughs> she killed the cat. <laughs> One more reason to hate Dawn. <laughs> I actually don't hate Dawn, especially in the by this season. Yeah. yeah in absolutely. fact, one of my complaints about the last episode in particular is the amount of screen time dedicated to certain characters versus yeah. others that you kind of feel like, hey man, if this is it. Yeah. Shouldn't we be spending a little more time over With here? family? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I actually, I think Dawn as written and as performed is so much. She's really come into her own at this yeah. point. Oh, she's doing great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Zando, Zando. God, yes. Zando. That's his uh, buffer older brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Zando. He's in the military. Zando the commando. That's it. Xander, Xander. <laughs> I keep looking at the, the next word in my notes and I know I'm going to trip over that one. It's making me nervous. Xander, over there. Chloroforms, Don. Uh, I remember when I first saw it being like, oh, he's done. He's gone evil. <laughs> like yeah. he's, oh, seriously? Yes. Even after the conversation with. I had already forgotten. I thought, I, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was pretty clear immediately. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I was like surprised, but I was, I was almost kind of like hoping for evil Xander because I feel like there's been a lot of hints towards like somebody's going to be evil at some point in the season. It was like, I guess spike for a little while, but that was revealed super early on and dealt with like about halfway through 
pretty pretty well. So it was like, uh, who who's going to be evil now? Nobody really. Caleb and the first need to merge again to renew his strength. Oh, this is the scene where it cuts to a as it's happening, it cuts to the close up on Caleb, like just oh, <laughs> and it looks like the scene in Goodfellas where she goes down on Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think where they it's... merge, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Faith's suddenly awake. I feel really bad for her, like just in general, because she's just she clearly has an infer- inferiority complex about Buffy being a Slayer first and being like the Slayer in everyone's mind, even though Faith is the real Slayer at this point. As like the line when she's like, "I feel like it's," she's like, oh, "I feel like it's mine." which I guess means it's yours. I'm like, oh, no, it's yours too, girl. There's a lot of that stuff. Actually, not even just in these episodes, but over a lo- one of the other things I like about season seven is all the moments about, well, actually, no, isn't there a line in this episode or maybe the next one about how it feels to be the person standing next to the person in the spotlight? I think Xander says that at one point. That was a previous episode when he was talking to Dawn about... That's what I'm thinking of. Right. It was a great moment between Xander and Dawn. That like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's... There's a lot of that in this season. And and so Faith, these... I like all this. Yeah. And I think this is a great moment, again, given what's going to happen in Chosen and like the overall theme of the series really of a Slayer being alone and you're the only one that, you know, they have a nice conversation here about... I've never felt so alone. You know, like I always wanted to be you. I always wanted to be the leader. But once I was the leader, I've never felt so alone. I also like the little grace note where Buffy, it's just like a quick line, talks about how you shouldn't blame Faith because I would have done probably the exact same thing under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice little grace note that they didn't necessarily need to put in. But just like it's it's nice to acknowledge that to show Buffy is a mature character. And to, like, show that Faith isn't, you know, incompetent. It's just... Exactly. And also, I feel like we do need to kind of check in, like, Buffy suddenly comes back and she's in everyone's good graces again. And they're in hers and we're not really acknowledging, like, you guys kicked her out of her own house. Someone just needed to say something. And the fact Mm -hmm. she's like, we're good. Yeah. It's fine. Faith is another character that I feel like I wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more of in the next next one. Yeah. So Spike comes home. Where has he been? Um, the I I re- read an explanation online that he was basically trapped in that house they were hanging out in because it was daytime. But it's like, oh, but still, like Spike's gotten around in the daytime, and it seemed like this was two blocks away. I I, I accept it. Okay, that's good enough for me. He needs to start walking around with a parasol. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I go out from Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if he suddenly. That would be it's a great image. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they're both acting you know short and standoffish standoffish with each other and they have all these long silences and i love that buffy is just like you're a dope and you're shorty <laughs> and the moment where he says it was the best night of my life yeah no. hey guys uh <laughs> so here was one of my big issues with season seven at the time mm-hmm. and a lot of these memories came flooding back as i watched these two episodes <sighs> man you're not supposed to say this uh, I am not a huge fan or as huge a fan of Spike as a lot of other 
Buffy fans are. I don't hate the character. I love James Marsers. I love him in the role. I think he does an amazing job. Um, I, but especially when he makes this turn and becomes like part of the Scooby gang, that's just never been my favorite aspect of the show. I greatly prefer Spike as a recurring villain than as a member of the Scooby gang. I look, the evolution is great. I understand he couldn't stay the same, but it, a lot of this season reminds me of what they do to Han Solo in return of the Jedi, which is like the same thing. I understand for the purpose of a character arc, this is a great way to go. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like bad, but so much of return of the Jedi becomes about Han being jealous of Luke and kind of whining about it to Leia and kind of moping around like, you know, kind of like a shitty 15 year old. Um, and it's, that's just not my favorite version of Han. So even as somebody who is not a big fan of Spike to begin with, especially this version of Spike, what I do like about it though, the way this kind of earns it in the fact that he is new to having a soul. Yeah. So a lot of these experiences and these feelings are brand new. So he would be acting like that's something that I has been clearer to me this time mm. watching it than in yeah. past, like in past times. Yes. I've just been like, wow, he, completely changed to like a wishy-washy kind of mm. crybaby. But this time around, it, watching it this way, it's to me, it's the big angel angelus switch that mm. we went from even like Spike with a chip to now this is William. And like, yeah, it's a totally different character because it is a totally different character. And while Angel with the soul got broody... Yeah. Spike with the soul got a little weepy. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it isn't justified Mm -hmm. or that it's like poorly written or anything like that. Just that it's like, this is not my favorite stuff to watch. And so much Spike becomes so important in season seven. He gets so much screen time. Mm -hmm. And especially in these last two episodes, this is what I was alluding to earlier is it's just like, I, I know he is an important character, a really important character at this point. I know he has a part to play in all of this. There is a lot of Buffy Spike stuff that feels like we could, less is more. And there were other characters who kind of get shafted here that we've spent seven years going to love. That's I've never considered that, but that's a good point. Like if you honestly think the world might end or at the very least that you might die in this fight, Maybe tie up some loose ends. Maybe yeah. say your goodbyes. I know, maybe not goodbyes, but maybe like have this touching Xander moment with other people you love. Because like she don't say shit to Giles. Well, and like some characters, it's like I, I think we talked about how Anya gets so shortchanged in most of the season. And it's like especially uh, annoying that she is because so much screen time is given to so much. That the only Anya you tend to get is like her with Xander until finally she at least gets to hang out with Andrew for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's not letting her be defined by who she is as much as like her and Xander's relationship because they just don't have the time to like figure out what's Anya doing right now. Because it's like, uh, she's just here now. Do we know, like, so I know that at least by this point uh, in shooting season seven, Emma Caulfield wanted nothing to do with the show. Like she wanted out. Do we know if that was throughout season seven? Did she just, did they just cut a bunch of her scenes? So here's the thing I, that I remember these rumors at the time. And I, I just looked a couple of things up to see if I was remembering this accurately. There are a lot of things posted online about how there are other versions of the 
script for Chosen, mm-hmm. that there's a version where it's Andrew that dies. There's a version where, you know, all this stuff out there. I have a hard time believing that because I, I remember exactly what you just said, Kristen, which was she had announced much earlier this year that like before they even knew this was the final season, she had said, if there is, if there are more seasons of the show, I want nothing to do with it. And specifically like you, I want to be dead, dead. Cause I am not showing up on angel. Mm-hmm. I am not making guest appearances. I'm done. So what I'm wondering is just like how much of either her not wanting to shoot as much or maybe them not wanting to shoot with her has informed the way her character was written earlier in the season. Have they, have, if she wasn't a pleasure to work with, or if she did not want to be on set, did they change Anya's character to accommodate her being on screen less? Part of me wonders if that's the kid, just kill her off in her episode that would have made perfect sense to give her yes. a fitting send off instead of like keeping her kind of in the background for most of the season and then killing her off. Oh, we'll get to that when we get to yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Selfless. If that's the case, Selfless should have been her last episode because mm-hmm. that was a great episode. Yeah. I have to imagine it's a little bit more of given what, you know, you keep getting these scripts week after week and it's just, it's like. Yeah, yeah I would understand like being like, I have a line and it's not in character and I don't need to be doing this. I could be doing a movie somewhere. I think James Marster's acting in the scene is wonderful. He's got this lovely mix of the relief of confessing his real feelings for her, but also the like straight up fear of how is she going to react. And then just the, the way he just cocks his head really slightly when he's like, were you there with me? And I love the way that that line is written, that it's not just like, are you feeling the same thing that I am feeling? But I love it. I do. So Anya and Andrew are raiding the hospital. She makes a Jaws reference, mm-hmm. and he says, you are the perfect woman. <laughs> Chris happens to be wearing a Jaws t-shirt right now. <laughs> was that on purpose? <laughs> no. Yep. no that's like, fantastic. What do they make reference to in this yeah. episode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> go through my wardrobe. So Andrew asks Anya, why not run? You, you know, she says, I ran before. And he says, why not do it again? And she says that spending more time around these lame, stupid humans who fight, even though it's useless, and... Now I want to help them. Mm-hmm. They're pairing in these yeah. two episodes. Perfect. All of their stuff is is so great. And especially just thinking about where each of them has come from mm-hmm. and where they're at now and like the way they play off each other. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is so, so sweet. And the way that it's like one of those Joss Whedon things where you mm-hmm. think back on it and you're like, I really should have seen this coming. Yeah. Like it's the misdirect in mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, which I'm not going to spoil in case anyone hasn't seen it, even though it's how fucking old is that movie at this point? But the same thing where it's like, didn't see that coming. Did you like, that's literally the character's line. And you're like, I am dumb. Like, of (laughs) course you, you shine such a spotlight over here that of course it wasn't that. And in these scenes, they make such a big deal about Andrew being ready to sacrifice himself. Mm -hmm. And they'll acknowledge this Mm -hmm. very seriously. And they'll even do it with like a great joke later in the, where she says, you know, we're prepared to, what did she say? We're going to defend it with his life. And it's just, there is so much of that. And it actually, I won't spoil it. We'll get to it. But, you know, one of my favorite lines or moments, really, Mm. but it's the way he says the line in the entire series, Andrew on the bus after all the shit has gone down, that the way they just, just the little arc they give him over these last two episodes. Mm -hmm. I love, I love this. And I love the wheelchair. (laughs) 
Well, not only that, I love the cut to the wheelchair fight. That's so, what, yeah. yeah. Wheelchair fight, hard cut. <laughs> and you know, I was watching some of the, just a, a little bit of the bonus features yeah, on the DVD. Yeah, like the, the, the jousting with crutches. Yes, there was like other versions of yeah. this. <laughs> a walker race. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So Buffy goes, somewhere, where are we? It's in the graveyard, and it's a temple. Got great. But it's somehow one we've never seen before. Is it in Sunnydale? This was in Sunnydale I mean, the whole time? Yeah, because she says, like, and then there was a this, and then there was a this, and then there was a this, and begat, okay. whatever. This lady's been chilling here the whole time. That, I was like, <laughs> I, there's just something I don't remember about <laughs> yeah. one of the, that no. was super random. It's like one of those things where you watch uh, an old episode of Doctor Who, and it's like, oh, they must explain this in other episodes. Like, no, they don't. They just straight up don't. No. So we find an old lady. She is very Indiana Jones. Like this straight up reminds me oh, of the guy. Oh, she should hook up with that Grail guy. Totally reminds oh, me of the Grail guy. keep each other company. They're perfect. Oh. Uh, she said that we are the ones that put the side in the rock. I'd like that we get one more Buffy joke. Mm-hmm. What's your name? No, really. <laughs> These are the Guardians. A little bit of that like behind every successful man. Mm-hmm. There's an old temple lady. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> And I love this line. She says, the end is near. And then uh, here comes Caleb. Th- I love this part. Holy shit. The I love this part. The end is here. He's a good villain. The, li- the delivery here is great. You know, it's funny. My memory of this was that I was not a big fan of Caleb on my first, you know, when this was originally airing. It's hard like because you have to hate him. So yeah. it's one of those things like, it feels so weird to be like, I hate him. I'm supposed to hate him. But do I hate him because he's a villain or do I hate him because I hate him? See, I remember just being underwhelmed by Ah. just him as a a character. And even though I, you know, this was actually in both season seven of Buffy and season four of Angel, it was like, oh, Firefly got canceled. That sucks. I'm going to throw a bone to some Mm. of these great actors. Mm -hmm. So Gina Torres was the big bad in season four of Angel. Right. Nathan Fillion showed up here. And so I had a lot of goodwill towards him as an actor, but I just remember kind of feeling like, man, I just, I'm not super into this, which is crazy. Cause just in, in these episodes, I was like, mm, no, this is, he's doing a really, really good yeah. job. And remembering as soon as Xander walked on screen with the eye patch and remembering that like, Oh shit. And they did an amazing job of establishing these, mm-hmm. this dude that mm-hmm. just like the guy that um, comes into town and immediately fucks shit up. And it's yeah. like, no, there are real stakes here. This isn't just another dude wearing some latex appliances. And mm-hmm. uh, so this is another thing that played totally different this time than when I was originally watching it. Yeah, I think a lot of complaints that I remember hearing from people years ago, it was that he he came a little bit out of nowhere, which is definitely true. I didn't mind that as much this time because I was kind of like the first just hanging out with a bunch of guys in robes. This isn't doing it for me. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad to have another threat. And that like it was almost too intense or too real a villain in some ways because it's kind of, you know, implied that he was some kind of serial killer who was then like given special powers or endowed himself powers and then hooked up with the first. But I kind of feel like, no, that's kind of cool to bring it in the last season, like maybe a little closer to home and like. This is, without the magical enhancements, a kind of evil guy that might exist in the world. Well, yeah. oh, and thematically, yes. that's, it's mm-hmm. the perfect villain to wind yeah. down with because this whole deal is denying women freedom and mm-hmm. choices. You're and, all just whores and dirty girls yeah. and it's, shut up. And, and so it's another way in which mm-hmm. it's, I don't know that I had fully considered that when I was 
21 years old. Yeah, <laughs> no, I definitely think time. he brings things full circle. So we've t- talked a lot about uh, Caleb's tendency to sermonize. Mm. And so most of his scenes are him monologuing. But like Nathan Fillion's a really good actor. Yeah. And the great thing about him in this episode is like they just give him more opportunities to have some really great moments, both terrifying or funny, because it's not just here is my speech about how women are dirty and whores. It's, you know, the great moment where he's terrified when Buffy picks up the scythe. This great line of the end. Oh, did she say the end is near or the end is here? You know, what's I think unfortunate about this season. And I know a lot of this must have been dictated by the budget. The show had declined in viewership by this point. I think as soon as they switched to UPN, Mm -hmm. they weren't working with, you know, they didn't have quite as many resources. And I think that feeds into what I remember being one of my big issues with season seven, which was so much wheel spinning that so many episodes were a lot of people were talking about doing things, but no one was actually really doing anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you don't have a lot of money to work with. And that it's just, and so, and then what's frustrating is then getting to moments like this, like really standout moments in both of these both of these final two episodes where it feels like, and especially the next one where it feels like this should be a two-parter. Yeah. There is more story here that suddenly we are yeah. speeding through mm-hmm. really great stuff instead of, and it's, and it, that's doubly frustrating because there was so much wheel spinning Yeah, before. you could have cut out a lot of season mm-hmm. seven. Well, and also frustrating because there was supposed to be another episode. It was supposed to be 23 episodes right. and it got cut short. Right. So they really had to cram it in. <laughs> it's about a penis. <laughs> Speaking of which, Angel. Uh, well, for, so Xander's driving. Mm-hmm. This is, you know why this is great? Because what I said before about how as soon as he chloroforms her, you're like, wait, oh yeah, this makes right. sense. Well, now this was the surprise. This was the moment mm-hmm. where I was like, oh shit. What I love about the surprise of like mm-hmm. her tasing him is that like you're expecting yet another heartfelt speech uh-huh. and she doesn't even finish reading Buffy's letter. No, I, she's it's like, so nope. good. Yeah. Peace out. And then it, yeah, I, it, it leads to my, maybe my favorite, definitely my favorite moment in this episode. Yeah. So this is the big Buffy Caleb fight. Uh, I love the way that when she really swings the side that it like sings, mm-hmm. just that noise it makes. It's so wonderful. It's not the rocket launcher. It's not like, this weapon changed everything. It just means that it's not one punch, you're out. She's still kind of figured out, like, just don't, like, let him punch you. That's great, too. I, it's I, That it's not the answer. Like, yeah. just yeah. what you said. I That's, man, this season really does a good job of establishing the threat and keeping it feeling yeah, like a threat. Yeah, stakes are still high. Like, I, you never yeah. take Adam that seriously, no, even no. when the show is telling you, you you really should take this seriously. <laughs> you know, floppy disks? <laughs> So just as Caleb is about to deliver the death blow, you hear a, hey, punch. Angel's back. Oh, shit. Because I was watching both shows at the same time, this is set up. He In the yeah. previous episode of Angel, he says he has to go to, well, there's the whole thing about how he gets the amulet in the first place. Yeah. And then he mentions he's got to go to Sunnydale. So then he shows up here. I'll be honest. I remember being very underwhelmed by Angel's guest appearance yeah. on, like for the series finale it was just kind of like 
that's it? Like, well, shit. It, shit. It kind of feels like what it is, which was they had seven hours to film with him. Right, yeah. totally. That's the other part of it. And then the other thing, too, that I was, I, you know, thinking about it now was the tightrope that Joss had to walk here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we're bleeding over into the next episode, but like this, you know, the conversation they're about to have, because this episode is not written by Joss. This one's written by Jane and... Uh, Shit. Um, Peter. No, Doug Petrie. Petrie. Um, Originally, there was even more in there that referenced events going on in Angel. The fact Mm -hmm. that Angel was now in love with Cordelia, that he had a son. And Joss was kind of like, ah, that's all got to go. Like, I can't. That's going to for people that are just watching Buffy. This is that's going to be nonsense. (laughs) But then, I mean, there is this. It's like he's acknowledging, okay, there are a lot of people that want to see these two together Mm -hmm. or at least have the hope that somewhere down the road, these two are going to wind up together. On the other hand, Buffy's or Buffy's in love with Spike. Angel's in love with Cordelia. It's a very short scene, but when you consider everything that had to be balanced here and still have it feel Mm -hmm. in any way satisfying to longtime fans of the show, this is kind of a magic trick. Like watching it now, it is a little, it, you know, it kind of sucks that Angel is here and then he's gone and you're just like, what? And then, but also understanding the importance of, but this has to be Buffy's yeah. fight. It's wonderful. And like, you know, the last time he was on the show was when Joyce died. And while he served mm-hmm. a totally important function that episode, I found, I mean, that this is less underwhelming than that. Like for that one, he really did show up. They had a nice talk and he mm-hmm. left. This one, like he's doing something. He attributes or contributes to fighting the big bad but yeah i would i would not want have wanted him in more like it, it feels important that they brought him in mm-hmm. because again she needs if this is the end of the world she needs to acknowledge these big things they justify it perfectly by saying yeah. you need to lead a, a second wave exactly. in case we fail i love it and also it then becomes way too complicated to write any scene that has buffy angel and spike in it too oh. messy and we've got enough yeah. to resolve between buffy like, and spike that would be a delightful scene if we could spare any time Mm-hmm. But it, that's the one thing that you definitely can't spare in this set Yeah. Episodes. And so I did not like this the first time I saw it. I just felt like he might as well not even be there at all. But mm-hmm. then watching it this time, it's like, no, but you know what? Because there was the part of me when this started, the uh, this episode started of just being like, we're talking about world ending stakes here. Yeah. And at some point, then you do have to acknowledge we have a spinoff running concurrently mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. That if we're talking about the apocalypse, yeah. certainly those people are going to be aware of this. That you do so. Yeah, I get this is another thing that bothered me a lot at the time that I it really doesn't anymore. I actually think they handled this about as well as they could. I agree. I so I was not watching angel at this time i didn't watch angel until buffy ended and it was like well i need to fill this gaping hole this in my buffy life. shaped hole in your heart <laughs> right um the brand's getting there <laughs> and so i did not see the episode that with him that led up to this um and we've established that my memory of angel is super spotty mm-hmm. but my memory is that when he goes back to la he doesn't prepare a second I, front yeah no yeah. Which is very, yeah, no. Yeah, but you know what? The other thing, too, I was trying to think, I was like, does Angel ever even acknowledge these events? And it does. Okay. It does. There's a whole episode of Angel devoted Season to... five, right? With yeah. the 
an, an activated yeah. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the back of Buffy's head. I really do love the moment of he goes to like save the damsel and she's like, eh. He's like, oh, one of those things you have to finish yourself, huh? And the fact that he's just like sitting back, letting her fight and just saying, oh, God, I miss watching this. Like, yes. This is so great. Oh, and I you know, love it. The other thing about season seven that this a moment like this speaks to is that there is a very deliberate pivot here from season six where Buffy feels like Buffy again. And tonally, even though, again, these are end of the world stakes and there is that sense of dread, tonally, they very clearly made a decision of like, we're going to try and evoke some of that feeling of the early seasons of the show. Mm. And it's really funny because Angel would have the exact same course correction the following year, yeah. which is like mm. for a lot of people, season four, hey man, this is a little too dour. Like this is, yeah. I, again, I liked it, but I understand why a lot of people don't. And then, so they did the same thing, that same pivot back to something that was more reflective of the earlier years so that's another thing i think like just you know i mean there are a ton of things about season seven i could pick apart that i know you guys already have but this is another thing that i kind of appreciate about it now which is with everything coming full circle thematically in a lot of ways that there was also this attempt you can argue how successful it was to say let's try and get back to the original mission statement the original like mm-hmm. tone of the whole and thing. And with that like kind of mindset in place, a lot of decisions make a little bit more sense. I I still don't love it, but I get a lot more the idea of bringing back Sunnydale High. Right. More because they just didn't utilize it enough for me. But I understand like you, you kind of like you want to end with the final battle at, at you know. Of course. Sunnydale. Yeah, totally. Like, it's. I say the attempt, I will say like, I think, I mean, like to spoil how I'm going to feel when we're all said and done, like, I think these last two episodes, like, is me shouting at my computer, like, yes, more of this, because these last two, Mm. this is Buffy. This is the show that I love. And you know what? And the rest of the season is like, uh, it started out great. It started out as Buffy. And in the middle, Mm. it got muddy. And it really feels like... They let the interns run the middle of the season, and then they brought in the big guns for the last two episodes. Very that, similar and, to the second season of Twin Peaks. Totally, yeah. And I was going to say this, is, and so that's the other thing I was thinking about was like, do I need to rewatch season seven, yeah. or am I just, or, or are these two episodes not necessarily emblematic of? They're not at all. Okay, no. You could definitely make the argument, at least in the next episode. A lot of that has to do with they definitely saved a lot of budget to be able to do a lot of things they wanted to do. That was the other thing I suspected. Yeah. yeah. Um, like specifically, they're like, we want like a giant army of Uber vamps. And we know how much that costs. So we're going to have to cut. But I feel like in that case, then make a lot more episodes about like very small interactions. I think there's a way to do a Buffy bottle episode that they never really tried. Oh, they, sure. A what? A bottle, a bottle episode? episode. Like, you know, okay. So for example, the episode of Breaking Bad where they're stuck in the lab trying to kill the fly. Ah. So it's just one location, two actors. You do it to save money. Yeah. And a lot of shows find very clever ways of doing it. They A lot of them wind up being very memorable episodes. Yeah. 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 Well, so, and I think this is just season seven in general. It's like one of those things where you think about the broad strokes of it, what they do with everybody's characters. A lot of that stuff is so great on paper like it it's it's the execution of it that i yeah was i was definitely aware of it at the time i was getting very emotional that the show was ending but i was also aware that like this is not my favorite 
season. A lot of talk, not a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Speaking of action, uh, so the fight ends with <laughs> Buffy axing Caleb in his tummy. Mm-hmm. A great death, by the way. Yeah. The like laughing sputter surprise. Yeah. 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 And then very excited Buffy kisses Angel very passionately. What? This is a great cliffhanger that has like uh, no payoff. That's uh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so th- th- we find out, you know, watching from the shadows is Spike. Makes sense. He told us earlier that he was going to be keeping an eye on Caleb. Yeah. And then the first appears as Buffy over his shoulder and he says, that bitch. What an ending. So yeah. great. And I've been saying for a while, it would be really great if Spike were the big bad in season seven. I mean, this would be way too late to yeah. introduce that. Yeah. But like, there's been several times this season. It was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, is Spike going to be the big bad?" No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what you said. It's too late to go that far now. But even just the idea that the first is panicking, mm-hmm. and so it's it's attempting to really break up the team before yeah. they and like or and that de- it's doing anything because we keep saying if the first mm-hmm. can't touch anything it needs to do more of this more of this manipulating yeah. whispering into the, your and, ear and this is ex- yeah exactly and i really thought there was there's a moment in the next episode where i really thought after buffy's declaration that you know oh, something i've never considered before we're gonna win i around that time i was expecting a moment of her to realize this thing's afraid Mm. That yeah. means we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And if part of that, the reason it keeps appearing to her and it won't leave her alone and all of this is it's just, it, if there had been less trying to fuck with Buffy or maybe that, but also trying to fuck with the other, like everyone else to yeah. try and drive wedges between them so they weren't this unified front going into this final battle. But Instead, it's just like there's this, and then it's going to be resolved within seconds in the yeah. next episode. So we hit the cliffhanger. I think we should save our overall impressions for the end. Okay. Of yeah. Chosen, you know, you said it's been. It's. Thing, I so. keep referencing ep- like moments from the next episode, and it just it reminds me of like I, at one point I had said to you, like, would it be weird if I just came in for like the second the last back half of the episode and you said this really is a two-parter like it ends mid fight (laughs) so like and you're 100 percent right i would know this would never have worked otherwise (laughs) so although i did have a thought earlier about you know what i should have done so because i i said on hey do you remember i'm going to be popping over to the sunnydale stacks as they wrap up buffy um i should have said that and then sat down just to talk about the scene with angel (laughs) (laughs) and then fucked off Thank you for that necklace, by the way. (laughs) Really, it's nice. Okay, Uh, I think it's time to take a break then and hear from our sponsor. Well, howdy, darling. Have you ever felt you should be doing something grander with your life? To serve a higher purpose is a consummation devoutly to be wished. But how does a body serve? For one, you shouldn't serve your body. What I'm saying is maybe don't be such a whore. Now, I know change is hard work, and there's nothing a girl loathes more than hard work when a man can do it for them. That's why I'm here to help. Caleb, School for Dirty Girls, prepares these little ladies for a life of service. Here, they'll learn obedience to a man, how to show humility in dress, and how to keep their legs shut. And if you want Bible quotes, oh boy, do I have some for you. Now, I don't rightly follow all those words, nor do I believe in the salvation they offer. I make my own salvation, through purifying dirty, dirty girls. I say, wait. 
Is that there a little sword? Listen, bitch. Oh, oh nuts. Sorry, Caleb had a split. Why don't you enroll in Buffy's Slayer Academy for strong women instead? While we specialize in honing the skills of burgeoning slayers, we offer a non-slayer curriculum as well. Buffy's Slayer Academy for Strong Women has courses on self-reliance and critical independent thinking. We also offer courses in engineering, math, technology, political science, military tactics, and fashion with a focus on white tops. We also offer optional sexual education seminars, birth control, and family planning services. Our comprehensive medical care also includes mental health counseling, vision, and full dental. We aim to keep your mind and body strong so that together we can achieve great things. Our Slayer Strength Gym and Practice Facility is open for all students to train. We have a full assortment of traditional workout equipment, a full running track, field house, and a real-life danger room equipped with realistic sparring robots. Use magic? Our Wicca curriculum offers basic divination to advance transmogrification. Move over, Harry Potter. This magic isn't child's play. So enroll in Buffy Slayer Academy for strong women, because we all have potential. It's time to put End of Days back on the shelf and open the books on Chosen. So Angel's here. He tells Buffy... It needs a third act. <laughs> I'm like, you have to leave LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this whole, this scene is loaded with great dialogue. I surprise, surprise. This one's written and directed by Joss, but like, I like the analogy about the cookie, mm-hmm. like the, the door. Do I have to stick with, do I have to stick with that analogy? And then Angel, ha- his final line on this series is amazing. I'm not getting any older. Ugh. Yeah. Dude, that's what an amazing moment. So Caleb comes back and knocks out Angel. And we get this great moment where he says, you don't have the right at his balls, slices him in half. Well, I like to like he's come back, but it's like in this weird monstrous form where he's like oozing black goo. Yeah. Ready for this bitch. And he's like sputtering. It's great. And also the way because they can't show Mm. the actual, but the way they reveal it where it's just when Angel gets up and says where is he and the way she just looks over here and then over there yeah. it's he great split. yeah i really i mean like we've talked about before especially you know again in the swim team episode that anytime somebody is like misogynistic asshole to mm-hmm. buffy and she like beats the shit out of him is such yeah. wish fulfillment for me that it, i get all squirmy just like yes kick his ass mm-hmm. slice him right now part of me always kind of wishes they found a way to like have the fight saved till the end. I get why they didn't because they, she was like united with the rest of them, but it is so satisfying to see him dead. It's like none of the other like battles in the, in the episode feel nearly as satisfying. Yeah. It's yeah. it's weird that they battle like 500 orcs. I mean, Turricons. And this is the one that's just <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is missing that, that yeah. fi- no, that final yeah. battle. It really yeah. is missing that one big satisfying mm-hmm. moment because like there is an incredible like goosebump inducing moment in that f- that final battle but it i mean it really would have sent it over the edge if that moment culminated with this dude's death yeah mm-hmm. rather because it is just a bunch of faceless things the first never takes yeah a physical form and you and yeah it, you can't 
really defeat the first, you can just like foil his plans. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So Angel brought Buffy a book and an amulet. Uh, he says it gives power to the bright person who wears it. Someone who has to be, have a soul, but is stronger than human, a champion. He doesn't want Buffy to wear it because it's too dangerous. Faith. <laughs> There's also Problem like... Problem solved. It is. <laughs> um, so Buffy, this is where Buffy tells him to go home. We need a second front. And this is where she says, um, they talk about their future. And she says, I don't see fat grandchildren in the future with Spike. And this is great because I feel like of all the like Spuffy versus Bangle stuff, like... This is all really good points that like, Mm. yes, Angel is her soulmate and they have like a wonderful, healthy relationship until he loses his soul because they can't bang. So what does that mean for them? Does that mean they have a uh, sexless relationship? Could they keep their hands off each other to that degree? Um, I just think that this is a great conversation and I like there isn't really an answer because life's not like that. Mm -hmm. And to that point, yeah, the cookie dough moment. It's just a really great analogy, and it it hits home for me in a lot of ways. There's a lot of moments where I think of things like I had a great uh, acting professor my senior year of college that it, that I just felt like I hadn't reached the same point that other people in my class had, and she said to me, "You're still learning, and that's okay. It's okay that you're not done." Yeah. And that, like, at the moment, seems so profound, but also so obvious. Mm-hmm. So I just I love this idea that like. You don't have to be perfect or figure it all out. You, you're you still growing as a person. Isn't there some acknowledgement here, too, of just not thinking that far ahead? Yeah. That that also being She's part of the point She's 23 or whatever, yeah. Well, or the other way to read it is, like, I may not be... Yeah. yeah. A couple hours, yeah. this may all be a moot point. Mm-hmm. I also just... I really like thinking about this weird situation that Buffy's in between Angel and Spike is kind of like when a spouse passes away the Mm -hmm. idea that like you can be in love with two people at once like just because you can't be with this first person anymore doesn't mean that you don't love them Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're not allowed to love another person I just kind of when I think about this conversation that way I'm like that's beautiful Mm -hmm. Angel disappears into the shadows Mm -hmm. which is the reverse of his entered the show so great as you said his Last line is, I'm not getting any older. I love it. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's a perfect response to what yep. she just said. Yeah. And just, and uh, man, that's a great line. It's so good. Yeah. That's an all timer. And to continue it, Buffy comes home and walks straight into Dawn. This yep. is so good. <laughs> it's just, oh, you know, in the season <laughs> of big speeches where all yeah. these interactions last 10 minutes. This is so succinct, mm-hmm. so in character. It's perfect. It is both touching and hilarious at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just the short kick. Oh. Ow. Dumbass. If you get killed, <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> I just, oh, it's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. Spike is in the basement working out his aggression on the punching <laughs> This is another great I feel scene. like the first time I saw this episode, I didn't notice that, that drawing. <laughs> and then when I did, it 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 made the series for me it's so its forehead is so big yes, and its so hair comical. is very yeah. pointy yeah i love it i like in the uh commentary there's the line of uh somebody on set was like why does spike hate butthead so much <laughs> or beavis sorry beavis and butthead fans uh i love their nicknames for each other captain peroxide and tall dark and forehead mm-hmm. 
And the line, most people don't use their tongues to say hello. <laughs> or, I mean, they do. They do. But <laughs> this is also the immediate resolution of the cliffhanger, though. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it went from... Like, they don't even play with, like, maybe he's actually working, but but he's pretending not to. It's like, oh, no, I guess he's just not doing that. So Spike immediately says, give me the amulet. He doesn't even, like, wait for it to be offered. Very presumptuous. <laughs> he's not wrong, but... No. Yeah, it, it, it always to me was kind of like, I mean, grabby. Because, <laughs> yeah, Faith could take it. You know, the idea that, like, it's too dangerous for you to wear it, Buffy. Like, part, it, I mean, you know my personality. I'd be like, oh, fuck you. Yes, I will. Angel knew it was going to kill whoever wore it. He's <laughs> like, I, I nominate Spike yeah. just for I what it's worth. What, let's, get, let's give him a shot. Yeah, he's, he's really deserved it. He's worked yeah. so hard. <laughs> Buffy tells him it's supposed to be worn by a champion, and he looks so sad. Because his first reaction was like, oh, yeah, then it can't be me. But then, just kidding. She gets it to him. Mm. She tells him, Faith has my room. And he says, oh, nope, you've got angel breath. <laughs> just like <laughs> Uh, and then it turns out he was like, joking and said, I don't know what I would have done if you'd gone up those stairs. It's just, mm. they're lines that are cheesy, but it's the way that James Marsters delivers them yeah. that I'm like, it just, they come off very genuine to me. I, I kind of see what you were saying, Chris, about like maybe cut down some of the, the Buffy Spike stuff, but it would really be like killing a darling. Cause like all of these interactions I really love, but I could definitely see cutting them down a little bit just to make room for the 9,000 other characters. Faith is almost yeah. like totally absent from this episode. Well, and it is a good point that I've never realized before that like we had the spooning moment all last episode. We did a mm -hmm. whole episode where they yeah. spoon. She should go have a talk with Giles mm -hmm. and, you know, hang out with her sister a little bit, maybe. So while they're spooning, the first appears is Caleb. And this is, isn't this the scene where... Or is it a little later, the whole thing? There's that word again, alone. Yeah. That was a great moment. Because mm -hmm. that's also the whole, yeah, that's been a running theme, obviously, throughout the entire series and such a big part of the resolution, the way this all winds down, that just, it's, they really, he really does a great job of, of building all of it up before he starts knocking shit down. Yeah. This is, I mean, this scene, not a lot happens, except he, they do bring up all the themes that we're going. Mm -hmm. And like, this is what seeds it in Buffy's mind, this idea of her big plan at the end. Yeah. Those seamless effects, that parent trap style. <laughs> I do. I split. like that moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the blue light's really pretty. Hmm. At this point, it cuts to after she's told them her plan. I do like the story that. SMG did such a good job of performing that really long speech that the crew would break into applause when she oh, finished. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, even though, again, I feel like it's it's very clipped, the moment of Giles saying that he thinks the plan is bloody brilliant. Mm -hmm. and you see, like, just visually, like, there's, like, a kind of, like, reconciliation. Again, I wish that was a scene. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah. um, you know... The Giles Buff relationship, I think, is super important, and it's been super strained in this season. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah it broke. This is another thing I remember about watching it back in the day, like as it was airing. Was that was another aspect of this season that was unsatisfying as it wound down? That it was just like I really thought there was going to be something to that. That it was ah, that's too important. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care where Spike's sleeping. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
everyone jumps into action. And I like this again, the, mm-hmm. the season where everyone's spinning their wheels immediately. Everyone has tasks. Everyone has a plan. Everyone has stuff to do. And it's, it kind of made me when like it was motivating. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. just get momentum up. Let's do something. I, I can I help? <laughs> Duct tape two brooms together. Kristen, why are you packing a bag? <laughs> just supplies. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe we need rope. <laughs> okay, and one of these chopping axes. <laughs> you have any tying rope? <laughs> no, just the other kind. <laughs> Untied rope. <laughs> <laughs> Lasso rope. Clearly. <laughs> Faith and Wood are blocking sewer access. This is the first time they've had a scene together. So this part's crazy. Yeah. Where they're like, they put a couple of boxes. <laughs> right. of like, All right, well, that one's sealed. <laughs> Excuse me. I know they're going to be a little bit weaker in this episode, yeah. but. Season seven. So cheap. Uh, couldn't afford nails and boards? <laughs> Uh, what says to her, don't assume all men are pigs. I didn't, guess I didn't really pay attention before when she was like, I mean, a guy looks at me and his priorities shift. Excuse you. Yeah. Well, he calls her out. For yeah, exactly I, do, I do love that line that I'm so much prettier than you are. Because it's also, I mean, like, I guess, I mean, it's subjective, but like, he is a very pretty man. He's got the longest eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also just telling her, you're not, you're not as good as you think you yeah. are. Yeah, I like, really, my favorite moment is he goes, you're very, um, enthused thumbs up <laughs> that's amazing that was so great she needs to be taken down a peg mm-hmm. and he says to her give me a chance to surprise you yeah. <laughs> what oh, just made me picture a different final scene between the two of them <laughs> on the bus yeah. yeah where she thinks and instead of just like coming back to life just all of a sudden like you know boom <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> she falls off the bus. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That was terrifying. I peed. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Thumbs up, dies. <laughs> dies. And he's like in a rictus grin with the thumbs. <laughs> the tone of this final episode is all over the place. <laughs> It was also weird that all of a sudden Holiday Road started to play. (laughs) (laughs) So Willow says to Kennedy, you might have to kill me. Now, this is the scene where I think Kennedy is completely redeemed because she is wearing suspenders. (laughs) Mike really likes suspenders. Oh, good. Oh, well. Characters redeemed. Okay, so two things. The first is I remember some of the criticism at the time. A lot of fans felt like the character, it was, it felt kind of cheap in that suddenly Willow's new girlfriend was younger. She was hotter and there were a lot more love scenes that felt a little gratuitous Mm. in a way that, you know, like the, in very, in, sort of in sharp contrast to the previous relationship that it, it felt exploitive in a way that the other one didn't. I just remember that people feeling that way about Kennedy. The other thing is, I don't know if this is true, but this is from Joss Whedon's mouth at a convention, you know, uh, a few years after the series ended, he said that they intended to bring Tara back. Yeah. in the last episode, which was like, that's just really shitty to Will then. Like it's great for Tara that she's like alive, um, so did you yeah. re- you did you read this and how I this read that worked? and how like some fans were like 
he's just making that up now yeah. to get a round of applause. Because what he said was the powers that be would have granted Buffy one wish and mm-hmm. she would have spent this episode trying to figure out what she was going to use it on. And then she would show up, you know, at, at Willow's door and say something about finding this great pair of shoes. And Willow says, did you use your one wish to go shopping? And then Buffy steps aside and Tara is standing behind her. Mm-hmm. Where on, So first of all, where on earth would that have fit in all of this? I mean, if there were 23 episodes, maybe, but yeah, it kind of, the reason why it feels not right to me is just what you said. It's the dick move to Willow, who's like finally gone through her grieving process. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it that, it really, that, that feels very strange. He said it came down to scheduling conflicts that Amber Benson wasn't available and that's why they didn't do it. But it just, there is nothing about the structure of this episode oh. that seems like it would accommodate that. No, like, no, it almost seems like you would have had to completely restructure the last four episodes yeah. to see this because we haven't really talked about Tara since she, since Willow became Warren. And like, even though I don't agree with how it started, it's definitely like at this point, it seems like the Kennedy Willow relationship is like, a pretty solid, like they're together in a relationship that is it, you know, not perfect, but it's like a good relationship they have together. So it would be a really weird, like, here you go, here's your ex girlfriend back from the dead. No, that's Figure nuts. It out. Isn't there a moment earlier in this season where no, they're definitely is it's the first time that they kiss Kennedy and Willow, yeah, and it's a whole episode, and yeah. Willow has that whole. Mm-hmm freak out about like no she was still with me and that is way too big a moment and way too important to then go like nah just kidding especially you know what they could have done (laughs) isn't like although i'm sure this seems like must have taken place after the big battle because otherwise no no she shows up at her doorstep they hadn't even gone to the big battle so like p.s tara you're back hey grab one of those chopping axes we got work to do and then she just dies again. <laughs> it seems to me like that's pro- maybe an idea he had before they even started season six yeah yeah and he just okay. wants yeah he wants people to like him or something <laughs> or, or i mean I, I i could see it being a thing of like we know we're going to have this season. It's going to be like the biggest bad we could possibly have. And some people are going to die. And maybe it's going to be big enough that we can do something crazy to give it a happy ending for the rest of like the show. Yeah. I could see how it comes. But as soon as you introduce like a new stable love interest for that character, it seems like an insane thing to do. Unless maybe you're going to have another season. And then like you can explore like what would you do in this situation? But that's a terrible place but he to said leave. It was a specifically for the yeah. finale, to the yeah. point yeah. where they were out to Amber Benson to see if she was available for this one episode. Yeah, no. I, lo- I love that he just wants people to like him. Yeah, Josh, you tweet, you cheated on your wife. Yeah, but I, I almost brought Tara back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that <laughs> okay, is. Okay, I won't unfollow you on Twitter. <laughs> So meanwhile, the rest of the Scoobies are downstairs playing D&D because they can't sleep. So good. Love this. He's wearing her hood. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. We- Although part of me, like, it's one of the scenes I like, but I don't get the logic of because it's like, it's it's kind of like the feeling of if you were about to go do something, why would you play the game version of that thing you were about to go do? If you're really upset and trying to distract yourself from it. Oh, this is just Andrew. 
I mean, this is totally Andrew being like, you guys, we could do this thing I love. And everyone's like, in any other circumstance, mm. no. But right now, there's literally nothing else to do. And I'm too tired to say no, but mm. too tired to sleep. Well, this definitely feels like the thing where he thought of the joke first. Yeah. Of just yeah. like, we'll think they're planning the battle yeah. but and then this you know the rest of the scene falls oh, i into did place. not even get the idea that like they're planning the battle immediately oh, it was D. oh okay. oh i thought so for that sure, didn't no. work for me on that i think that's yeah. why they very decidedly start with giles yeah. of just like laying out the information thinking like okay so you're going to be over here and i've yeah. seen this too many times <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> just like no and then it's the the reveal of An- well, andrew as the dungeon masters when you go mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah. never mind I love that Amanda's playing because she's been our nerdy potential this whole time. Oh, also apparently included in the game specifically because she was about to die unceremoniously. So yeah. let's give her a little bit more screen Aww. time here. To make it make, make it sadder that she's about to die. She is like, so I don't know if it's come up that she's also on Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has a very I might have mentioned it once. important role on that show as well. And just like I she's just got a very memorable yeah. face. Mm-hmm. She looks like somebody you went to high school with. That's it. She just looks like a real girl, which is great. And there's a great, uh, it ends with a great line of who could sleep on a night like this? Only the crazy ones and rubs on your head. head. It's really just a scene of setting up. Hey, like these characters, hope none of them die, right? (laughs) (laughs) So they arrive at the high school. I love that Principal Wood is leading the tour. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of time to spare for anything. So it's nice when when somebody gets a moment that you could see them just snubbing. Going into this, too, you got to figure he's one of the most expendable well, or most likely to yeah. peace out because of the track record of principals at this high school. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. You are not long for this earth, buddy. The humans split up upstairs, and this is where we get like a nice moment for each of them and where... Um, Andrew has like his goodbye speech because he's pretty sure he's going to die. I'm, I know it's intentional. It's just, it's really too bad that Xander and Anya don't have a moment. Yeah. So we're back to the original four. This got me the first time I watched it. I was like, this is, this is perfect. Buffy, Xander, Willow and Giles just chatting. Well, and the fact that even it starts out and you think there's going to be another big speech moment. Mm -hmm. And because Joss wrote this one, no, just get this nice long silence. And then, so what are you doing tomorrow? I'm thinking mall. Mm -hmm. And then if there's even a callback to one of the season one episodes. Yep. Season one, episode two, like the end, which is technically harvest. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had always like uh, remembered in my head that he says that at the very end of the episode. Like if you had asked me. A year ago, how does how does season seven of Buffy end? I would be like, oh, so like they have like the moment where they're looking over the abyss and, and Giles says the earth is definitely doomed. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that's that's good that they didn't do that because that would have been a, a weird, weird note to go out. Yeah. <laughs> what a shocker. You focused on the Giles moment and yeah, only right. remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, Willow and Xander and Buffy are walking away the same way they did at the end of the harvest. And Giles says the earth is definitely doomed, which mirrors mm-hmm. the fact that he said the earth is doomed. Right. And they all separate in the order she met them in the first episode. <gasps> oh. Willow, they leave Giles, then Willow goes off, and then her and Xander have that moment where they kind of hold hands for a sec, and then they leave. And then Cordelia shows up out of nowhere. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>, you guys! <laughs> She's the only original cast member that's not in the episode. Yeah. She was also so super done with all of this stuff at this point. Yeah. The uh, an interesting thing on that note, though, um, so in this in this two-parter 
all of the leads from all of Just Weeding shows are yeah. on there. So you've got Buffy from Buffy, Angel from Angel, Nathan Fillion from Firefly, and Firefly from Firefly, <laughs> and Dallas from Dallas, <laughs> and then and- Clark Gregg shows up. You don't know me yet, but you will. Agents of Shield. I can't. Oh, sorry. I'm still okay. finishing my sentence. Well, damn it. Lights <laughs> a douche coup from Dollhouse. And the Hellmouth is full of Turricons. Man, I'll tell you what. So, in my memory, I was like, oh, yeah, this last episode of Buffy was like the prologue of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And that's how I remembered it. And then I went into this going, like, I'm going to laugh at how terrible this looks and I'm going to feel stupid that I felt that way. This is not bad. No, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's really not. That's yeah. where their whole budget went. Yeah. So the question here, the ticking clock is, can Willow finish her spell before the, the Turcons reach the potentials? Did they ever establish why they have to wait till they're down in... Turcon County to do this? I was wondering the same thing. Because, like, it would make sense if they just explained, like, oh, we have to have the energy flowing from the Hellmouth. Again, just one of those things that's like, I get there's not a lot of time, but, like, literally a line. Yeah. I never thought about that before. Yeah. But so Willow does the spell over the scythe, and Kennedy Mm -hmm. is watching over her, saying, like, so maybe kill you if you go bad. And this is where we get the rest of Buffy's speech. Speech. Uh, The only, I mean, okay, so before I said Spike's speech, was the best speech of the series. Take it back. This one, totally this one. And this is where she says, so there's one slayer in all the world because a bunch of men decided that. So let's change it. And here's where you get to decide these men, you know, curse this girl. And we saw that this is great because we saw it this season. We saw them tying this girl to a stake and then leashing a demon spirit on her. Not cool, bro. Really not cool. Fuck the patriarchy. And she points to Will and says, this woman is stronger than all those men combined. And so she says, every girl in the world who might be a slayer will be a slayer. This is such wish fulfillment for me because I swear to God, everyone watching this show is like, I just want to be a slayer. And so the idea that like, oh, no, you could be like, great. Mm -hmm. Yes. Give me the baseball bat. I'll hit a homer. I remember that montage being a little bit longer. Yeah, I always do too. Yeah. Like. Because it could be, it feels like it's a moment that it, I mean, it it does work. It's really yeah. good. It's just like, I, I kind of felt myself wishing it were even like more emotional. Yeah. Just like two or three more. Yeah. There is an, I mean, there is a mix of like, so there's a girl playing baseball that suddenly gets confident. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but like the really good ones is like, there's the girl being beaten. That That's the one I definitely remembered. Yeah. Do you know that was the last thing ever shot for Buffy? Wow. The shot in the trailer of the girl like grabbing wow. the arm. Yeah. And we get the great line, Slayers, every one of us, are you ready to be strong? My favorite line of that whole thing was the, it's so simple, but the can stand, will stand. Yeah. It's just, that's so good. Oh, it's, it just gives you goosebumps. This is, oh, such a well done, well done, not just well written speech, but mm-hmm. well done montage. Yeah. I mean, Sarah Michelle Geller obviously delivers the hell out of that, that monologue I've said this every time I've been on here to talk about Buffy with you guys, that it's just, I am, the older I get, the more I appreciate how good she is in this show. And so much of like, you know, these later seasons, this season in particular, that winds up being about 
the consequences of being a leader that, mm-hmm. you know, and how lonely that sometimes feel or having to be the, the person that makes the unpopular decisions. And it sucks because I know there were a lot of stories coming out around this time about how she also was just like over it. Don't. Yeah. I'm, and other actors saying she was hard to be around. She didn't even go to the rap party. Like she just, I mean, she couldn't get out of there fast enough. And it's hard to think about that stuff. And also yeah. on the other side of it going like, but man, you were so amazing in this role. You were the yeah. center of this whole thing in yeah. a way that I did not appreciate when I was a kid. Well, it's, it's almost one of those things where like you don't hear it with acting as much, but you hear it a lot more with like other technical aspects of film where it's like sometimes the best editing is when you don't notice it. And it's like she was such like the core of the show yeah. that that you only notice when it went wrong, like when she couldn't scream. And like we've made fun of that, but it's like that's because like the rest of the time she's perfectly anchoring the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a show called Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer, if she didn't work perfectly, the show wouldn't have worked. Well, and it's just also on a, a, you know, it's on a meta level of what so much of the show was about of just like what I said about what it means to be a leader and how, you know, so the supporting characters all, they get a lot of the fun stuff to do. They get to make more of the jokes. They get to make jokes at Buffy's expense that she's got to be the straight woman for all of those characters for so much of this, that it is, there are moments where it is kind of the thankless role Mm -hmm. or it's not the flashiest role, but then, yeah, I mean, it's, she's the one grounding the whole thing. She's the sun on which, you know, the, the fulcrum on which all of this is spinning and the whole thing falls apart if you didn't cast exactly the right actress and regardless of what she's like in real life and how true any of those you know whatever truth there is to any of those rumors she was the perfect actress to do this Mm -hmm. and especially these these final two episodes they were just loaded with moments that reminded me of like fuck she's great she's so fucking good yeah i said good she was good. I was gonna go I with. I, I, I was gonna go with great, and then I downgraded her to good. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Gruel. So the Turcons reach the cliff just as all the potential slayers are now actual slayers. So there's no longer one slayer in all the world. There are unlimited, kind of. I mean, we don't know how many potential slayers are born Seven. in any government. <laughs> Buffy, a vampire slayer, <laughs> does not have the same <laughs> ring. Willow went white haired. White Willow. White Willow. Yeah. Instead of going dark Willow, she is a goddess. Willow the White. (laughs) She turned into Edgar Winter. (laughs) Very briefly. So the Turcons do make it past some of the potentials and they head upstairs where the humans can stop them. Really, where are they going, though? Because it is daytime out. They can't leave the building. Yeah, really, they should have just they should let have them opened go. all the doors. <laughs> what are you boxing that shit up for? This way. I mean, I understand blocking off the sewers because then they can yeah, go yeah, anywhere. yeah. But yeah, definitely, like, don't. You should go out that front door. Just that's like, what, not fight them. You just, just usher them this way, right through here. <laughs> yeah, they've got the the um, traffic lineup thing. <laughs> yeah, Wait, spinning the arrow, guys. <laughs> what we got to do is take our cue from Gremlins to the new batch. That's it. <laughs> just make them think it's nighttime out. Get them all into the lobby, then drop the curtains. Andrew could have suggested it, yeah, because he would have known that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and no one had Xander to die. Would have known it, but it would have tried to not know it. <laughs> so Andrew and Anya are scared, and Andrew says, "Picture happy things like bunnies." Uh oh, which is great because that 
gets Anya pissed mm-hmm. off and aggressive, and she says, "Hoppy, floppy, bunnies," yeah. which is her last her line. last line. Yeah. Bunnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, these human versus Turrican fights, uh, not a lot of great choreography. Kind of makes sense. It's humans. You know, they're not going to have all the flashy moves the way the Slayers would. Mm. Um, but Wood does. I mean, Wood. He's Batman. He just he has all the martial no, arts. No, he's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does seem a little bit like, why'd you bring a knife to a tour con fight? All of them. It was like, I mean, Dagger, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, like, you guys knew this was coming. You literally have an entire abandoned town to get weapons from. It can't be a budget This has been all season long where every single fight they're like, we have this big fight. No one picked up a weapon. The slingshot took me out of it. (laughs) What are you going to do with that? I think more the fact that they were dressed as Bart Simpson was what got me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have a cow to your god. So Buffy is stabbed. I forgot about this. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Because it leads to like the most rousing moment in in the episode. Totally forgot about it. But then she passes the scythe to Faith, which I love. Mm -hmm. And she, I'm, she's still, I'm sorry. Faith is the best best fighter. She's of all the potentials or the slayers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolute best. And this is where we get Anya's death. I mean, honestly, this is not an exaggeration. If you blink, yeah. you will yeah. miss it. This, I mean, I don't, I ex- fully expected them to kill off one of the main characters. The fact that it's like done pretty unceremoniously is nice. And that I mean, I, I understand see it because it's a battle. Like yes, but like at least linger or ha- that's the thing. Something yeah. is the fact that like. You can barely see the wound, first mm-hmm. off. It is a very thin line. And you, I know you don't want to show too much gore, but like, yeah, no, you, I literally, the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what just happened? That's, no, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's that, it's not that like she didn't die sacrificing herself. Like, I'm perfectly fine with it just being like, oh, she happened to get killed. Right. Right. Like, I think that's a good thing to have. But the fact that it's not clear and there's no kind of moment for her death. Yeah. Like, and that's, yeah, I, I'm not saying spend half the episode. You don't even see her fall. No, that's the yeah. thing. If the intention is it's supposed to be shocking with how quick and unceremonious yeah. it is, I agree. That's a great idea. I understand the intention there. It's the, but in that moment, I want to feel shocked yes. and horrified by that, not go, rolling into the next scene going like, wait, did she, did she, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it shouldn't be confusion. It should be that, it should be shock. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's like the, the way it's choreographed, the way it's And it's, and it's also so weird. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are not welcome. <laughs> well, and then there's the, the thing of, somehow it, it almost irks me a little bit more because then just the simple visual of seeing, um, uh, oh God, uh, 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 Amanda. Uh, on the ground like you totally get like oh no she died in battle that's sad exactly yeah. Like, yeah. And you get that right away for like this character who is great but has been in like five episodes yeah or even yeah. showing andrew more of a reaction to what just mm-hmm. happened i was just saying like thinking like show andrew like if he's fighting yeah. with this Turrican and he's like trying to look past mm-hmm. the Turrican's, you know torso to be like hey anya i need help yeah. and he looks past to see the back of Anya as this bringer slices her in half and she falls. Then it's not too gory. And then we can cut back to Andrew's reaction of, oh, fuck. 
and just despair. Unless the, I mean, the big, the part that was supposed to be the reveal is when they're all running out of there. And Xander's yelling. And and then we see her there. Like if the, if the whole idea is it was meant to be a little ambiguous up to that point, just so, because that's a hell of a moment too of just like. That's a really great, great shot later. It's, I still think like, it's, I mean, like, like you said, literally you could blink and miss it. Like, I shouldn't wonder if she was even attacked. I literally remember thinking, was that Anya? Because it was so goddamn fast. Well, and there's the thing is, like, I think what's cooler about the shot later with Xander isn't that, like, she is dead. It's more like, oh, she was right there and you didn't even get to say goodbye. That's Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, the scythe goes to Rona with a broken arm, which I think is a nice moment. She's been the, you know, the injured slayer for a while. So yeah. the fact that she, even with an injured arm, she's doing an okay job defending herself. And I do remember this moment, the, the first appearing to Buffy and going, oh, mommy, this mortal wound is all itchy. You remember that, but not that she got stabbed? I don't know why. <laughs> you think she had a yeast infection? <laughs> <laughs> A mortal yeast infection? That's the that's how the first can make contact. <laughs> Through yeast. I don't know how this mythology that. is getting dense. Okay. That's right. You remember the episode with the evil loaves of bread, right? <laughs> so there it is supposed to be this big rousing moment where she gets up off her feet um to finally bring them down. I just don't like this line. I want you to get out of my face. It, that needed to yeah. be a bigger... It's yeah. something. Yeah. It just kind of seemed a little... <laughs> she just holds her hand up. Face! <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have the impact yeah. it should. I agree. Yeah. yeah. For uh... no, You know what was one thing? I And again, uh, I don't know if this would have been too much or if it was literally a thing they just couldn't do. Of like this being maybe the moment where the first tries to like really rub it in by taking the form of somebody... Buffy knows, like, perhaps Joyce. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking, yeah. And, like, then, like, there's so many ways that, like, she she could say something very simple about, like, like get, get away from my mother, like, that kind of thing that would have such more an impact than, like, this weird, strained face pun. Yeah. Yeah. This does lead to an incredible moment, though, mm-hmm. the way that the score the- kicks in here and she knocks, like, four or five dudes mm-hmm. off all at once. Is awesome. And then Spike's amulet explodes up. It's the containment unit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kristen. What are we talking about? Uh, Kristen, it's me. Guess. Oh, it's Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and there is a man with no penis in this. Dickless. (laughs) Caleb. But why is there a man with no penis? In Ghostbusters. Dickless. This man has... Oh, okay. (laughs) It's been a while. Been a Uh... while. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I literally thought of as we're doing the podcast right now Mm -hmm. is an alternate thing to do with the necklace and spike and have it be that literally Faith does get the necklace to be like, you're the champion um, that can like hold this power and do it because uh, I need to do my bit or however you need to justify that. There's like a dozen ways you could do that. And then somehow in the course of the fight, it falls off. Spike happens to pick it up and then it's like, wait, I'm the champion. I think that would be a little more satisfying, especially because it's also like, 
I don't know. There's just something about the necklace just being like, here, I have this necklace. Oh, okay. Now I have this necklace. I'm just going to wear no, this necklace. You're right. Yeah. There's that like would no be way better to it. for to this, this realization mm-hmm. of, oh, it was meant for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's like suddenly you just have cell phone service. It's like, <laughs> it's on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. I got five bars. Yeah. So, yeah, it directs the sunshine at mm-hmm. uh, the Torakon, which is great. It's just basically a mirror. It's okay. This really would have been a hell of a moment. Yep. Had we at least had a week to know that it you, wasn't. And they, it's like you couldn't yeah. wait one week. They could have. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. That is shit, dude. Because can yeah. you imagine watching that? Because you literally see him deteriorate. It yeah. is not ambiguous. You Correct. see his skeleton and then it, you know, it, it's, he's gone. Mm. That really would have <laughs> been a pretty big moment. Yep. If it's just like, just hang in there. I, see, I did not see that promo. So I really, this was why, one of the reasons why I was bawling when yeah. I saw this first time is I, yeah, I really thought this was it for Spike and it hit me. So prior to that, we've got the, I love you. Mm-hmm. No, you don't, but thanks for saying it, which fulfills the Cassie prophecy where she says she'll yeah. tell you the, no, you don't, but thanks for saying it. How do you guys feel about that? You clearly care about Spike. Whether it's we're romantic lovers that should be together forever, well, no. I I I I think like yeah, we're probably not in love in that way, but they definitely love each other. Like there's a a deep intimate bond between them. So like, I kind of get it. That is a thing he would say, but as like their last interaction, it feels a little like were you even in the last two episodes? It's a really great moment. That is not supported by what immediately precedes it. Yeah. That if if they hadn't been so on the nose about exactly how they feel about each other, and this is how I feel, do you feel exactly the same way? You do? Cool. Let's bang. If there hadn't been so much of that, then this moment, it just feels like a great scene isolated from everything else. And even the way the two of them play it, the way she says I love you does feel like his reply is perfect. It's just like... Yeah, that's the way she said it in that it's kind of for your benefit or that I know this is what you need to hear right now. And I almost wish this were true as I'm saying it. I'm I'm serious. Go back and listen to the way she says the line. It is not a totally sincere. I'm opening up my heart. I love you. It, it makes perfect sense the as a, as a reply to what she just said and the way yeah. she said it. The moment works. It just doesn't make sense. It has never felt like the exact right response. I agree with you, Mike. I believe that like in terms of the verb to love, she actively loves him. Does it need to be lusty romantic love? No, No, but she does actively do that verb towards him. That's a weird thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. So I don't know what I want his response to be in this moment. Maybe nothing. No, well, it's like, you know, or something a little vaguer, like something like, do you then like something that's like, could be saying what, what he says. He's with- so Joss Whedon. It's so yeah. deliberately and by his own admission pulls from star Wars so often yeah. Yeah. that this feels like it should be something akin to the moment of, I love you. I know. Yeah. yeah. Some, you know, it, it's a chance to have a line. Mm-hmm almost as iconic as that. And it's, it's just not, it's like the same thing with the last thing she says to the first. Yeah. Yeah. It's just no. Yeah. The moment that you just, Mm -hmm. you want it, you want to feel something there. You want to feel more than you do. Mm -hmm. 
And then I love how he goes out with like, I just want to see how it ends. Cause it's like, Ooh, that is like a kind of nihilistic thing that, that Spike would say when he's about to be disintegrated by a magic amulet. That is a great line. Yeah. yeah. And the way that he's like laughing as he's yeah. burning up, yeah. it's like, yeah. Oh, there is spike. He's mm-hmm. back. So there's, I love this sequence of, you know, you get the dust coming out of the school mm-hmm. and then you get faith running out of the school and the bus pulls and it's all just very exciting. Yeah. And you're just looking like, where the fuck is Buffy? <laughs> What's going to happen? And Dawn's like plastered yeah. in the back of the bus mm-hmm. looking for, oh, this was, this was yeah. great. This is so really well done. Well, no, <laughs> no, the idea is great. I mean, oh, the effects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going with the idea. <laughs> okay. I like the vibe, like sweet little shy Vi finally got a backbone. She slaps Rona like, this is nothing. Wake up. You're like, oh, Vi. All right. Yeah. She's feeling that slayer power. And we, this is where we get that great moment of Andrew saying, why didn't I die? That's that is what I was moment. saying earlier. That yeah. is what a moment. Mm-hmm. That would be me. I mean, like, of like, you know, a non-magical human. She's like, holy yeah. shit. And especially with how close him and Anya, mm-hmm. yeah. just to say like, I'm not the one that was supposed to walk out of there. It, yeah. That is, man, is that powerful. Mm-hmm. We get Buffy jumping from the school roof to the bus. The whole town is now just a huge crater. It's all been just collapsed into the Hellmouth. And right on the edge, you get the welcome to Sunnydale. Amazing. Sign. What a nice touch. Which I'm such an idiot. Because, okay. like, I don't even think just the first time, like, up until recently, I'd been like, yeah, but it's not Spike that did it. No, it's exactly Spike that did it. <laughs> he's the one that caused the giant yeah. explosion that let the sign fall into the hole. You idiot. Yeah. So twice before when he's come into town, he's knocked over the sign mm-hmm. and now on his way out. Yeah. Perfect. The sign again. That's such a good, such a good little de- creak. <laughs> and it's like, it, that's what I mean about like the perfect balance between like, it's emotional, but it's funny that yes. you do feel yeah. something as that it happens. Of like, yeah, yeah, that's, and it's, it's funny. And then it's immediately sad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Andrew tells Xander about what happened to Anya mm-hmm. and Xander says, that's my girl always doing the stupid thing. I'm going to be honest. I don't like it. I love the line. And I imagine this, I can see it in a script and just like, it. Yeah. it's great. I'm not crazy about the way this was directed this moment. No. The, the putting his arm on Andrew and especially making eye contact with Andrew where it's almost like he's, it's very awkwardly almost like he's telling Andrew, that's my girl. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh and, no, I, I see what you're saying. I did not see. And there's on you now. Wear this wig. And there's, <laughs> and there's just also something about the way Nicholas Brendan delivers the line, where it's just like, I did this. This is another moment where I should. I want to feel more than what I yeah. do. It's beautifully written. I'm just. I'm not. Well, and the thing that got me when I first saw it is that, like, because of how confusingly Anya died, I wasn't sure if Andrew was lying or not. See, and that's, oh. uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying, or at the time, yeah. I remember a lot of people saying, there you go, this is him exaggerating a story again, yeah. oh. that he is doing that on purpose of just, yeah, mm-hmm. she was incredible, she died. And if they had made that clear, I think that's a great arc for him to, like, figure out, you know, much like Willow had to figure out, like, no, I'm really good at this thing that could be very easily used to do horrible things, but it is my special skill in life. And maybe I should find a way to use this for good. Just a pained expression after Xander walks away of just like, and then, you know, the other, and like along those same lines with Xander, you know, as this is all wrapping up and everybody starts cracking jokes and they give one to Xander and and just the, 
the delivery of it, it was just done in a way where it was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't think he's doing this right now. Or if he, if he would be, it would be like, there'd be something that would be more obviously him trying to fight against his feelings. That's or yes. Very reluctantly. This is the only way I know how to navigate these situations. So I'm going to do this, but it it was just like in it, it, felt more like and in 10 seconds we forgot about Anya so this whole series has been about Buffy being the one and only slayer the chosen one and we used to start the series every or the um, episode every single time with one girl in all the world the chosen one and now she's not and Mm -hmm. now she's just one of many which when you think of the ramifications she can go and have a normal life and now she gets to go back to school and travel and have kids and have a career and doesn't have to worry about always having the weight of the world on her shoulders. So this last line of, yeah, Buffy, you're not the chosen anyone anymore. What are we going to do now? And just that smile. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also great because the idea that for seven years, everyone's been making decisions for her. This yeah. is your role. This is what you have to do. This is your destiny. So there are like, that's, I'm sorry, that's your life. Everybody's been telling her. And so a question as simple as, what do you want to do now? That's the perfect ending. The fact Mm -hmm. that she gets to make a choice like for her, that that's in there too. That's a part of it. And then, you know, I know Joss had said it was very important to end. Like he he had conceived of that final shot. I mean, so early on of just... Mm -hmm pushing past the other characters talking to her just like a into a close-up on her and then just the hint of a smile and then you cut because it's all about you know the promise of Mm -hmm. that next day and every other day after that now like that is it is this is another thing it just it didn't make as big an impact on me at the time that i really really love Mm -hmm. now this is a really amazing final well i think it's something that has more of an impact if you you're older and you've kind of gone through that stage of you've reached an adulthood to to an extent where it's like oh yeah there is a whole world out that i have to discover now whereas like when i was watching it when i was like a teenager even like in college that wouldn't have had as much of an impact of like oh there's a whole world like yeah of course and i know that but like that whole idea of like no she's gonna has her whole life she's like grown into kind of a cookie still baking a little bit Mm -hmm. the cookie bite uh, Buffy's ready to to run away like the gingerbread man. Like <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to say about these pair of episodes? They definitely work better as a pair. It doesn't really feel like two episodes. It feels like one long episode. Chris, this played much differently than I thought it was going to um, when I agreed to do this because I just overall my feelings on season seven were not not that it's like awful. It's just it's definitely not one of my favorites. And um, and then I remember being underwhelmed by the series finale at the time and i don't know i don't know if i've the last time i watched it but it has been a long long time there i still have some issues with a lot of this like i said i i don't think the screen time is allotted uh, as efficiently as it could be there are other characters i wanted to see more of um as this all wound down but um in terms of just the final moments and thematically how a series like this should have ended it really works in that way i i totally see what they were going for here and i also think it's really cool that you know this wasn't the end of the story that when they picked up with the season eight comics that turns out there were major gigantic consequences to using magic in this way and that i yeah so i don't know 
I love these episodes. I'm going to say this episode because it yeah. really is just one episode. But like, I did love it at the time. I do remember just thinking like, oh, that was fucking perfect. And it's not. It's not a perfect two hours of television. But I got so jazzed up watching this because after I, really three seasons of the second Buffy got out of school, it got kind of to be a little bit of a different show. And I need to save most of this for the series wrap. But just this episode really felt like we boiled Buffy down to what I love about it. And we brought back all the things I love and it is moving and it is funny and it is motivating and it's fucking kicks ass. And it just, it got me so excited. It put me in such a good mood. I absolutely love the way this series ended. You know, and it is so hard to stick a landing too. I mean, how many series finales would you say are, I mean, I can think of the shield felt like the perfect conclusion to that series. That's the one that immediately comes to mind. But I mean, it's so rare to feel like. I can like, think of like horrible finales. Right, Those totally. Come to mind. Me- right yes, instantly. Yeah. So it's funny, but what I said at the beginning about the critics at the time, how mm-hmm. it seemed like the nicest thing they could say was like, it could have been worse, is like that, you know, they meant it pejoratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All things considered, yeah. I don't think that's really faint praise. That is kind of an achievement. And it like that it didn't, they didn't totally shit the yeah. bed with this, that it, it's better than I gave it credit for yeah. at the time. And and especially because it had so many masters to serve, there are so many things you have to either like wrap up or at least leave in a place where you can kind of feel comfortable letting it lie there. It that's an amazing juggling act to even do halfway decently. Yeah. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. lot of little sl- I mean for like a mm-hmm. season where a lot of times we're like there was one sleigh yeah. there this is one a has lot of bodies a lot of bodies I gotta go with Caleb I'll, I'll sometimes make the argument oh there's a more important death and definitely like I feel like Anya is definitely a more important character to die but as we discussed lots of ways that sleigh was not done correctly mm-hmm. uh, that sleigh that that horrible character death of a beloved character um, yeah so Caleb is just it's badass. The way it actually happens is cool. The fact that the character dies is cool. It's a big enough character that it has some weight to it. So, yeah. Caleb was the very first one I thought of, and that probably is ultimately my answer. But a very close second is Spike. Not necessarily for the, you know, that the final goodbye with Buffy, but just in terms of, I mean, the sheer number. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he reduces the entire town to a crater. Yeah. That's a hell of a sleigh. That's <laughs> pretty pretty efficient. So I maybe yeah, so that's yeah. very close second. It's obviously Willow slaying the patriarchy. Uh but no, I also had yeah. Spike slaying the Hellmouth because just fuck yeah. <laughs> but it's it is kind of hard because yes, as you guys said, like the fact that we don't have one bad guy, like a boss level mm-hmm. fight at the end. And, you know, it does make the Caleb one really satisfying in a different way. And it's hard to compete those because we can't slay the first. Yeah. It needed like that final boss yeah. at that part. And that really would have put it over the edge. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to I'll get out of here. You guys, it's the last episode. Don't worry. <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining us. No, on uh, that note, okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Sure. Once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Any- I can't believe I can't believe we're here. Yeah, thanks for helping us celebrate the 
the the end of Sunnydale. Thanks for pushing me to start a Buffy podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's celebrate season seven with you guys. Our last yearbook awards. We had seven years. We should have stopped doing yearbooks by now. It's, <laughs> we're super, super seniors. <laughs> guys, I really need to graduate this year. <laughs> In no particular order, who do you think was the biggest party animal this year? Part of me was tempted to say worm guy because he was a very big animal. but <laughs> That was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go with um, Faith because she got all the potentials to go out and party. Oh, that was kind of the biggest party of the season. That's a good, that's yeah. a good answer, yeah. Who did you have for the best dressed of this season? Uh, I had to give it to Robin. Okay. Uh, or Wood, as you may know. Um, Robin Wood, Principal Robin Wood. Um, <laughs> for any of those who His title, sure. please. Because, yeah. like, as Principal, he had very nice suits. Plus, he had that awesome uh, brace that... Uh, I hate that thing. I love that thing. Batman um, magic knee brace. Yeah. He also had the nicest eyelashes of the season. Yeah. But I think the best dressed was Nikki Wood. Oh, okay. She was... She was stylish. Runner-up for best dressed is Gnarl. Because his costume is terrifying. Yeah. And memorable. Who did you have for worst dressed of the season? Um, I had to go with, because, like, you know, even though it's sometimes, like, some of the potentials are just being, like, really casual clothes. But it was, like, they're pajamas because they're indoors, like, together. Like, sure. I can't do that. Yeah. Xander didn't seem to really bring his uh, A shitty clothes game. So I ended up just giving it with, like... Yo, costumes just didn't impress me. I wasn't excited by the bringers. Okay. Just robes. Just a robe. Sure. And, like, they didn't do anything to, like, spice it up. Like, I understand they wore robes in the, you know, season whatever episode. They have no eyes. They can't see what they're putting on every morning. Then they should be, like, super fun, clashy robes where it's like, <laughs> oh, he's wearing stripes on top of plaid. <laughs> uh, I gave it to Caleb because he only has the one outfit and that haircut. I guess, yeah, if you can't haircut. But I mean, I think a preacher's outfit is is very slimming. <laughs> Should have been dressed as the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you have for most likely to be famous? Um, I actually had Caleb because he's a clearly a serial killer. And usually those people end up being very famous. That's a good point. Uh, I had Buffy because in a world now where there are tons of Slayer, she's mm. like superstar Slayer. Yeah. People are going to know about her. And who do you have for most likely to succeed? Buffy. Okay. Like, she literally saved the world from the first evil. Mm -hmm. She's shown that she could lead an army. She's not even phased by that stomach wound at the end of the episode. You can run her through with the sword. She's still fine. So, like, she's going to be she's gonna be great. Good point. Uh, I had Principal Wood. Yeah. He's got an actual education and a degree and a career and a resume and... A lot of them don't have <laughs> And also, yeah. he has Batman-style fighting skills. For a human, he's got some man. I mean, like, mm -hmm. he's he's going to go full Batman is what I think is going to happen. Who did you have for Class Clown? I had to give it to Andrew. Ob obviously. Yeah. There's no other choice. Yeah. What about Most Improved? You know what? This one, I was a little torn. But again, I had to go with Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he went from basically still being a supervillain at the beginning of the season Killing his best friend to being like a pretty legitimate good guy who's kind of come to terms with who he is. Yeah. I'm giving it to Spike 
We started this season by talking about Spike being a rapist. And at the end of it, he spent all night holding Buffy, not touching her, and then as a champion who saved the world almost single-handedly. So you're saying he's most proven that he's no longer raping. <laughs> he sacrificed himself for the world. No, no. I, I, I say that's a big jump. But yeah. Who did you have for the best couple? You know what couple? They seem to get along. They even seem to get over their fights. Caleb and the first. <laughs> I mean, they did merge. They clearly enjoyed merging. Uh, he, yeah. He loves it. So yeah, Caleb yeah. and uh, and the first. I went with Xander and Anya mm-hmm. because they really come a long way from, you know, him leaving her at the altar. And yeah. they even if they're not a romantic couple by the end of this, even though they totally banged like a couple times this season, yeah. the fact that they could deal with their baggage and both be adults about it and at the very least be like really close friends even if they're never going to like end up together i think that's a really healthy relationship i mean this is a given but who did you have for biggest tool of the patriarchy Hmm. this is a tough one there was a guy from him he had that jacket um that's true uh, so there's that asshole that tried to sacrifice cassie and help Mm-hmm. There's uh well Xander had that uh that really uh Ew. sexy sex stream. Yeah, that was um, terrible. That that was kind of uh you know what? I think very slim gonna give it to Caleb. I mean, he might be like the poster child for Tool of the Patriarchy. <laughs> like even even like Winter Travers, who was like totally patriarchal tool, he was like kind of admitting his mistake before he blew up. Yes. All right, least favorite episode of the season. Most of my problem with the season was unremarkable episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, part of me wanted to make it like a three-way tie between Never, Never Leave Me, Bring on the Night, and Showtime. Like, yeah, because I just I can't differentiate those episodes. So for me, I guess the one that that I can remember as having egregious things and feels like out of place, and I just would rather have it gone and honestly replaced with almost nothing. Even if it wasn't like get rid of an episode and and you know have another episode in its place, I actually have to go with first date for this. Sorry, my shocked face is that I chose first date too, and I really didn't think you were going to go with that. Yeah, no, yeah. first date. Yeah, because it's like it doesn't bring anything to the table except for like the dumb Ashanti cameo, which is like she's not an actress, and they just wedge that in there. And even the so way it's shot, her. they're like. Oh, hi, we're meeting for the first time. Great. We're having coffee. Suddenly Xander's upside down. How did this happen? How, yeah. Like, Still so many questions and it never affected anything. No. Nothing that happened in this episode affects anything else in the season. You could cut the whole episode and we're done. Like You could, you could say like, oh, well, it's when, when, when Buffy learned that uh, Robin was uh, vigilante. But I'd rather have that be five minutes in any other episode than dedicate this yeah. whole episode to that nonsense. Yeah. And because it, it was like it committed the cardinal sin of being like a fun episode that wasn't fun. Yeah, and it was trying to be goofy, but it know. was it was a lot of like trying. It was trying to make me feel things without like doing something sincere, and that's why I feel things. Mm-hmm. Like the Willow Kennedy date, where it was like they're cute, right? No, she's rapey. What do you? I mean, yeah, she's you haven't. Hasn't she's having trouble with consent this whole episode, and you're presenting it as cute because they're gay? 
Like, yeah. no, it's she's still forcing Willow to do something that she Willow doesn't want to do. Okay, favorite episode of season seven. Very tempted to go with the finale. And this one, I was definitely on the verge. But again, the fact that it's kind of a not exactly two-part, two-parter. I, I had to go with my heart here and go with an episode. Even though I wish it had ended differently, I think it's still a great episode. It's still an episode I will watch out of time. Selfless. Okay. I think it's quite possibly the best Anya episode. And I love mm. Anya as a character. And I have enough problems with the finale, as awesome as some of it is. I go with the episode that, that just is more like pure joy and uh, great Buffy times for me. Awesome. Uh, I went with Chosen. Yeah. Not surprisingly. Um, I really, really do love it as an episode itself, but as a season finale, just I think it does a really great job of tying everything up. Mm-hmm. My runner up, though, is Potential. Oh, that's another good one. What's the thing? As much as like, we did kind of rag on the season for having some major problems. There are some great episodes. Potential's great. Storytellers. A lot really of highs and episodes. lows. Like yeah. it's it's either like don't even remember it or it was yeah. fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd like to take this moment to remember those we lost in season seven. I will remember you. Gnarl. Cassie. Will you remember me? I'm the first for an episode. Halfrek. Don't let your Halfrek get bad green screen. Jonathan. Oh, he got stuck like a little pig. Quentin Travers. He died in an English library. Annabelle. Did it, wait, which one was that? That was the really snobby slayer. <laughs> oh, the snobby slayer. I remember her perfectly. Eve. Oh. <laughs> we didn't really get to know her at all. Chloe. I don't have a joke for that one. No, that one wasn't funny. Nope. Ashanti. Yes! <laughs> But did she say her career? Oh, Ooh, take that, Ashanti. No, she's she's a lovely person, I'm sure. <laughs> Spike's mom. Creepy. Don't let your mom fuck you. Don't no. <laughs> <laughs> Molly. I will remember Molly. Do, 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 do. Amanda. Oh, that one said and better shot. Caleb. Do, 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 do. Groin shot. <laughs> Anya. Do, do, do. Could have been much better shot. We already talked about this. Still sorry to you. Do, do. Spike. Do, 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 don't worry, he's back in two weeks. Because the mail takes a long time from a crater. And finally, we remember Sunnydale. Do, 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 one street. And I will remember Sunnydale. You guys, seven seasons. Holy shit. Oh. We did it. Congratulations, guys. This is fucking... Thank you. Do you feel sad? Does it feel like what are the what are the emotions here? What's going on? It feels it feels very surreal. Mike, I want to say thank you for talking through seven scenes of Buffin with me. 
thank you for having me for seven seasons of Buffy. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, guys, follow us on Facebook to keep in touch about future announcements, bonus episodes, what's happening next with the Sunnydale Stacks. We'll let you know. And make sure to tune in in two weeks for our series wrap-up and for your stacker stories. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks and email us at sunnydalestacks at gmail.com to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off the entire series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. If you're not following us on social media, make sure you do that so uh, you're kept abreast of any... That's the weird word. <laughs> you see your face. And kept I'm abreast like, of any... Say any I, I know, but any, I could, I could any just... Any reaction. <laughs> you did. No, I, I did feel not. it. I could feel it. Nothing. I was feel like, it. don't... Come on now. You got this. <laughs> That's why I wrote shit down. No, you're doing... It was fine. <clears throat> you had the right idea. And if you want to keep your breasts, make sure... <laughs>